Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. into the near post and uh, it's squeezed into the goal and Scunthorpe have taken the lead in quite bizarre circumstances in the opening two and a half minutes here corner taken it's towards the edge of penalty uh, six yard box Saar Saar will jump Taylor with a header and he's equalised Lyle Taylor the man in pink brings Charlton back on level terms get in there there's a well-worked corner in the end for Charlton Cullen, just lofted it towards the back post. Headed down from Naby Saar, and there's Lyle Taylor, that man, to head home against his former side. But Taylor will retrieve it on this left-hand corner. Taylor taking on, good, into the penalty area. One way, then the other, back to Aribo, takes a shot, it's it's it. Come on! Joe Aribo stabs it towards the goal, and Charlton two went up. Oh, they really don't like it, Lyle Taylor attacking the penalty here in the left-hand side. Every time you can hear the fans screaming, get him, get him. They're laying him into the box. His little toe-poke cross was like a toe-poke finish in the end from Aribo. And he hit a defender on his way. It might even end up being an own goal, but Aribo's going to claim it. Oh, and Charlton after going down early doors are ahead. Little corner, a little short corner this time, swung in, it's cleared away by Bratley, over to the edge of the area, Jackson with a shot, oh it's gone in, did that take a deflection, I didn't it see it, maybe it did, but it's sailed over Jed Steer, and it's now to all. Oh, the frustration for Joel, and it's been a strange first opening so far, the addicts have looked so good going forward, but defensively from corners looks so poor. Reverse ball Whoa. towards Grant. Grant is under control. Grant with Aribo in the middle. Turns. Grant still. Grant should have passed. And it's a save by the goalkeeper. Grant had he got his head up and passed to Aribo. It's 3 2. Throws down the line. Headed away by Solly. Comes to Taylor. Taylor holds the ball up well for Charlton. Ball across the dick. Shields a little bit of a hospital pass. The ball for gets Jackson. Gets the ball first. Humphreys back to ball for Jackson with a chance and he scored. And Scunthorpe are somehow 3 2 ahead. The ball given away by Lyle Taylor. Ball for Jackson won it initially. Got the return off Humphreys and a lovely finish past Steer. And I, I don't know how this scoreline is, what it is, but it is. the half-time whistle an absolutely bemusing first 45 minutes here at Gladford Park where 
have sent Pearson Sara. No. Instead, they pass it short to Arriba on the left-hand side. Arriba with Fossil on the overlap. Arriba, ball in the box to Taylor. Taylor back to goal. Still with it, Lyle Taylor comes to Arriba! Arriba! It's 3-0! Joe Arriba equalises again for Charlton. It's a lovely worked free kick as Cullen passes short to Arebo, Arebo inside to Taylor. Arebo continued his run. It was well held up by Lyle Taylor. And Arebo gets his second of the night. And it's real. Come on. Oh, it's super again. We all were expecting Fosser to hit it and hit it hard. Instead, it went to Arebo on the left edge of the penalty area. He found Taylor in the box. Arebo kept his run going. Taylor found him. And he just slotted it past the, uh, the helpless Farnwick. What a lovely footballing goal that is. in the danger area with Ojo. Cannon's off. No, you can't give that. No oh, way. How can you give so that? so harsh. Ojo just slammed it into Pierce's body. It's in his arm. There's no way he could get out of the way of that. That is so, so How harsh. can you give that as a penalty? That is a disgrace. He is, I, I'm not exaggerating, he is next to Ojo when he kicks that. Penalty about to be taken now. Taken into the top of the net. Buried by Morris. It's Dundalk now 4-3 up. Well, Charlie to respond again. Arebo, Arebo trying to find space to shoot with his right foot. Stick picks out. Dick still is taken down in the box. Oh, given. referee! Oh, nothing given. Oh, my word, Nothing referee. given. Clearly pushed over. Ball out on the Charlton left-hand side. Reeves tries to get the tackle. He doesn't make it. Suntorp attack. We've got uh, two against two up here. Ball out to the right, and Dale's ball into the box. It's into Humphreys, and he finishes. And that should be game over. Not to be for the Addicts today. Scunthorpe have come away with this with the points. Charles will be so frustrated themselves. Conceding five goals away from home is never good, especially in a circumstance in a Charles. There is a full-time whistle, and I'm afraid Charlton, on this occasion, couldn't come back from the dead. So, good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is The Big Match Preview. My name is Louis Mendes. Joining me here in the studio as we look back at the defeat at Scunthorpe and ahead to Saturday's home game with Coventry City is Mr. Lewis Cat. How are you doing, Lewis? Yeah, good, Louis. How are yeah, you? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. I'm recovering from uh, being at that at that game up at Glanville Park. <laughs> Eight-goal thriller. Uh, but unfortunately, five of them winning on it, and therefore we lost the game up at Scunthorpe on, uh, on Tuesday night. We're going to hear uh, on tonight's show from uh, Lee Bowyer straight after that game. We're going to hear your three word reviews of the game. We're also going to talk about Lewis Page, unfortunately suffering uh, an injury. We'll have a little bit of a chat about Bowyer uh, being nominated for Manager of the Month and the latest uh, fans forum meeting where some more Belgian waffle, uh, waffle came out. Uh, re the takeover. Then we will look ahead to Saturday's home game uh, with Coventry City. We're going to hear from Sideways Sammy, who's a Coventry podcaster. Let's lets us know how the Sky Blues have been getting on. Then Lee Bowyer again will give us uh, an injury up ahead of the home game but obviously there Lewis we just heard the uh, the highlights of the defeat I mean it was one hell of a game up at, up at Glanford Park I mean you never you never saw that coming no. um, and unfortunately with the team that came out the wrong side of it yeah it was a really bizarre game wasn't it um, 
and to be honest, defensively we were just mm. all over the shop. Whether losing uh, Lewis Page early doors sort of spelt that out for the rest of the game. You know, we had Solly playing out of position and um, Dick still coming on for sort of probably more minutes than he's actually played all season. Um, I think, yeah, just defensively it wasn't there. Um, I think we said off air, we looked really good going forward. You know, some great goals. All, mm. all three of the goals are really impressive. Um, I just think defensively we we weren't all there and that obviously cost us the game. Yeah, seven goals in, in two away games we've conceded now this week, which obviously is going to be a cause for concern uh, for Lebo. I mean, you mentioned Pagey going off, but the first goal even happened before that. I mean, it was at a corner towards the near post, uh, touched home at the near post by Good or Charlie Good. Good, um, um, but even then, I mean, that, that just sort of set the tone for the evening for the defending from both sides, really. I mean, a corner at the near post. I mean, it's a weird one. It shouldn't have got beyond Solly. Perhaps it was jump. He managed to get underneath it. Unfortunately, maybe Sar got the wrong side of the defender. Maybe the keeper could have come out because it was so close in. But like I say, that I mean, that sets the tone, really. Yeah, it just seemed like on the first goal, there seems to be a bit of a lack of communication, really, between Steer and Sar. Um, like you said there it's got its way past Solly but then you're expecting Saar then maybe to at least stick a foot out and try and get rid of it um, but it just seemed like everyone sort of stood still and before you knew it it was in the in the back of the net and you know when you when you go down that early doors I mean we did quite well to get back into it um, straight away but um, obviously it's, it's not good is it especially when you're watching it on iFollow and you've just paid £10 and you're 1-0 down within <laughs> a couple of minutes. It's not ideal. Yeah, yeah. well, at least you didn't travel all the way to Scunthorpe. That's true. 1-0 <laughs> down within a couple of minutes. I mean, like we did react to it, and I think you, know, you would have seen it on iFriday. Like, like we said, going forward, we looked a really sharp team again. I mean, a, a couple of decision-making incidents, which we heard later on there with, with Carl and Grant when he went through 1-1 one one when it was 2 all and had to square for Joe Reba, but didn't. But, he, I mean, he was a player who was very much involved with some nice flowing football that we had going forward. The lights of Taylor getting involved. Taylor was scaring the life out of there right back, down down, down the Charlton left-hand side, getting into the area. Scored a good goal with the header, good assist from Naby Sarr. You know, going forward, we looked like we were going to score every time. We did. We looked we looked extremely dangerous. Um, I mean, like you say there, Taylor, their, their defence are petrified of him. And I know I know he played for them, whether that was why they were booing him for most of the game, I'm not sure. I think he gave it a little bit when, uh, he, when, bit when he scored, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, he... he has proved um, not just on Tuesday night but in other games that he just has that his work rate is through the roof and that petrifies defenders because he can run at you as well I mean we're so used to having these hard working strikers that don't score don't run at defenders they're more of like the hold up player but Taylor seems to have all of it uh, and him there he, he can do that but it brings those others into play I think mm. Carlin really thrives off playing alongside him yeah. and I think that Aribo is really thriving along have, having him alongside him as well um, I think Fosu back as well I mean Fosu is really creative I didn't think he had his best game on Tuesday night um, but I think he, he looked fairly decent but having someone like Lyle Taylor up top he just brings so many more people into the game and all the goals were great team goals I mean both of Arivo's goals the football was really really nice and really of course, nicely played. Taylor was involved in all three of them because he scored the first after Sars knocked down. He were uh, set up a rebo for the second and for the third. Um, I think the the Scunny defenders probably dazzled by the pink barnet uh, approaching them. <laughs> Good to see Joe Rebo getting in the goals. Uh, he had a couple last season, a couple on the night on Tuesday's first his first two of the season. Yeah, it is, and you know what? Joe just seems to mature uh, game by game, and he's he's just got this way about him where. He could be under a lot of pressure and he just finds his way to get into these tight spaces and manage to work away with the ball. Um, but they just play really nice, sort of tight-knit football uh, between him and Taylor for both of the goals. And it, and it was really impressive. And it's 
maybe now he's got those two, he's going to kick on and get a couple more. But he's he's a really dangerous player. I mean, we saw it last season as well. All the goals he scored, they are quite impressive in mm. terms of bringing the way that they come about and the way they bring people into play. I remember his goal at home to Blackpool last year was was another really impressive one. And mm. he's got it in him. And I think that, um, you know, a solid run in the side now, people look at him as a very important player. And, and having Lyle Taylor up there to sort of feed off of as well is uh, is really helping his game. Obviously in a game that was always going to be decided by tight margins, just whoever could score the most it seems. I mean, we, we did concede goals at bad times, so it's not long after we'd taken the lead, only eight minutes later that they were level. Uh, Bowie was talking today that he felt that Carlin Grant was defending the wrong man when the corner came out and his shot took a deflection. Mm. Not so much Steer could have done about that. I mean, we were talking about Steer again off air. I mean, he, he's... Um, I've seen the debate raging on the forum, uh, the, the Phillips versus Steer, because it's always going to be controversial after Phillips was dropped for for the lonely Jed Steer. I mean, how, how do you think he performed on, on, on Tuesday? Do you think he's... Because I've seen some people saying that they felt he was at fault for a couple of goals, but I mean, that would add a deflection. I mean, maybe the first one, like I say, he could have come out towards the corner, but he was let down by men in front of him as well. Yeah, exactly. Like you say, the first one... He could have he could have come out yes, but I think there was just a bit of a breakdown in communication between uh, Naby Sarr and, and Jed Steer. Um, second one takes a, takes a deflection, and then you're looking at a penalty that was harsh. You're looking at a goal at the end that maybe the cross shouldn't have come in, and the fifth goal especially. Mm. Um, yeah, even the third the, one he didn't have much chance well. because it was it was basically a mistake from Taylor. I mean, but just I mean just before like we said just before we had the the, the third goal, which was. Eight minutes after they made, I mean, there's goals every five minutes. It yeah. seemed uh, we, we did have that chance where again Taylor slipped through Grant, and he did so well to cut inside. And I guess he's thinking, he, I've done all the hard work here. I'm the man who's made the run and cut inside. He's thinking, I, I want this one. So he either hasn't seen Jaribo just completely unmarked on the penalty spot just for a tap in, where the keeper would have been out of uh, out of position, or he decided to have a pop. And you know we've seen it a couple of times this year. It's not like Carlin's not creating goals for others at the same time. Don't forget, I think four out of the six that Taylor has scored have been created in part, at least, by Carlin Grant. So it's not like he's not ever doing it. It's just in this specific moment, he missed he missed a glaring easy pass, unfortunately. Yeah, I think, you know, we've said it before with Carlin, I think he just saw the headlines, he'd done the hard work and he wanted to get the goal. But yeah, he has been creative this year and he, he's been unselfish in games. And I think, it's like you say, he's young still, so the decision-making, you know, if he's a couple of years older, maybe he does square that. Um, it was hard to tell, really, if he was sort of looking up when he when he managed to get round him I think he was sort of surprised he got himself in that position whether he wasn't really paying attention to what was what was in front of him in the box he was just looking down at the ball um but you know obviously Arriba wasn't very happy with him was he? but, <laughs> but no. um we move on he's done he's he's had a really good um season so far Carlin so I, I wouldn't want to judge him on that one on that one decision on on Tuesday night because like you say he's he's been far more creative uh this season and provided a lot of goals for for Lyle as well yeah, um, so not long after that, when we could have gone free to up, it was a mistake, unfortunately, from Lyle Taylor, who had also had a good game. <laughs> it's mm. just the way it was going, uh, gifted the ball away. I think Dick still perhaps wasn't aware that Borthwick Jackson was right behind him, but the uh, the scunny fullback nipped in, got his toe onto it, played the 1-2, uh, and then got into the air and scored his, uh, his second ever goal. The, the the one he scored from to make it 2-2 was his first ever goal. Um, there was actually a bit of a lull in the five or six minutes before yeah. half-time then. We came out and... Again, there was chances. We saw Fosu have that one that hit the post. I mean, he couldn't get much more unlucky. You think about 
uh, Luton last week, they hit the post and it fell straight to one of theirs. But unfortunately for us, it, it came out. But then we did score a really well-worked goal. Again, Taylor involved. Again, Aribo. Passing and moving. You pay a pass into the area and then run. It's very hard for your defender to track that. And that's what Joe Aribo did. And it was a good little intricate passing inside the area from Taylor into Aribo. A nice little finish. Yeah, I think he, to be honest, I think he did really well to get the shot away because it was a bit of... It's one of those sort of scrambly things. I mean, the, the pitch as well, I don't think contributed. It was quite bobbly. When I was watching that that goal especially, as it was working its way into the box, it was bobbling about a lot and he managed to get it under control. I mean, you, you know, you can imagine him sort of skewing that wide. So I think I think he did quite well to get that... Um, to get enough on it to sort of creep it in at the mm. and again now corner. we're talking about fine margins and what's happening at exact moments in games this is when we've just got back into it you're thinking right now can we start to push for a win and then there's the penalty against uh, Jason Pierce. Mm-hmm. now the ball was over on that far side ironically actually it does appear that Lee Novak handballs it in the build up while the ball's in the area it does seem to hit his hand and that looked more like a little bit of control than what Page did, uh, than what Pierce did. Now, what Pierce has done is you can argue like he like we spoke to him after he said my hands were by my side. Um, I mean, if your hands are behind your back, it's never going to hit them anyway. But I mean, it's so close as well. Mm. There's not really, there's no way he could have got his hand out of the way. It's just whether his hand was there in the first place. But I mean, do do you think that was a penalty? Uh, I think it was harsh. I mean, I think I think if it was the other way, it would. I think if it was. Um, us having that shot and it had hit a Scunthorpe player I don't think he'd have given it <laughs> I don't know why I just think it's our luck with mm. with officials but I, like you've said there maybe when it gets to that position I think Pierce has got to think he, he could sort of smash this at me and hope for the best or or he could try and drill across in or it's or whatever and it has this risk of hitting his hand but when you're that close and it's all happening that fast it's, it's really hard to react but Hmm. Um, I mean, the ball, his hand does sort of creep out a little bit. Whether it's deliberate or not, I don't hmm. know. I think it's just there's more that, I mean, balance. There's, there's a whole lot about the rules now about movement has to be deliberate to the ball. But then do you argue then that if his hands were already out, then he's deliberately making himself bigger to block? But hmm. if his hands are by his side, that's sort of... But it, it's such it's such a tough one. But I, the referee's given it. I mean, Bowyer's not happy. Uh, and Piercy's certainly not happy with it. So, uh, no, I mean, happy. it's not like he's standing there doing star no, jumps exactly, or anything, is yeah. it? But, but then, uh, well, f- five minutes later, uh, Lee Novak was doing star jumps inside his own penalty <laughs> yeah. area. As uh, Dick Steele's run past him, he's gone across him now. There's certainly contact. I mean, Dick Steele's gone down with some force. He's certainly thrown himself to the ground, but there's contact as well. And the whole Charlton mm-hmm. bench wanted a penalty there. Was that a penalty for us? Have we been mugged off again? Um, it was a hard one to call because, I mean, I think he did, he did go down a bit soft, but... You have, I have seen them given, so mm. I think. On a, on I mean, there's certainly things, there's certainly enough contact to say that if it was outside the area, then he'd, you'd probably give a foul. Yeah, I think I think that uh, that Bowie can be unhappy about that, to be honest, because we're we're calling the Pierce um, incident harsh, and I think if that if that guy goes down, then maybe you do you know we call that harsh as well if if we do get the penalty from Jick still hitting the deck, but. Mm. It's the part. It's you know. It's the odds of our match official. You know, the match <laughs> officials that we seem to end up with. It yeah. just never seems to go on our way. But. Yeah. So obviously, the, the fifth goal comes on the break for for Stephen Humphreys right at the end. There, Charlton had pushed everyone forward, and it was just a case of they 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 picked us off and across. Uh, a low ball across the face of goal, touched in at the far post. I mean, you kind of sometimes you're kind of expecting that when you're pushing for a leveller. So you know, we, we take the defeat. Unfortunately, in the end, there were you know numerous opportunities where it could have gone the other way for us. Unfortunately, it didn't. Now let's put it into context. It's our first defeat in seven. Obviously, we've we've come off now uh, a, a run that included four wins and two draws. 
overall and, and it's a game where going forward we've looked good I mean we know that you can't go away from home and concede five goals whichever way they come no um, absolutely so but overall I mean we just got to try and take this one on the chin now I guess yeah I think it's you know it was a bizarre game wasn't it from start to finish so I think the positives we scored three goals away from home should we you know it's hard to take when you've scored three away from home and you still haven't taken the points with you but we've managed to score three good goals away from home we looked really threatening going forward we've got players coming back potentially so defense hopefully is going to shore up a little bit and you know on on to saturday but like you say first defeat in seven is not you know it's not the end of the world yeah right let's hear what lee bayer uh, made of the game afterwards we'll hear your free word reviews of the match as well but i spoke to the the addicts boss lee bayer after the match and this is what he had to say I suppose you could say it was a good game for the neutral. A horrendous game for for myself watching. We give them four goals. Uh, first half, just not good enough, you know, defensively. Um, the time we went went forward we looked like we were going to score first half created chance after chance uh, but overall it's not good enough we we have to come in and, and win after watching watching them we, we have to win this game today and I don't know what happened I don't know what happened apart from just poor defending and and, and just switching off so whatever whatever way you want to dress it up it wasn't good enough do you understand why your side was so poor defensively this evening I don't know because we haven't been like that before how many goals did they score from set plays two three and a penalty it's a yard away and he's running out to to block the shot and then the fellas chipped it up and it's hit him on the arm like he's a yard away you know <laughs> it's crazy he's hit it 100 mile an hour or a yard away like he's not blocked he's not done it deliberately it's, it's, it's crazy but yeah it's disappointed disappointed because this is definitely for me watching that game this is three points dropped we've got to be winning this game you mentioned the penalty against your side that looked a bit harsh at the other end. Anthony Dick still went went down late on. I saw the entire Charlton bench was up appealing for it. Do you think you should have had one there? Again, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a penalty. He took it around him and, and it's a foul. So, But for some reason we ain't getting these decisions. And if anything, everything's going against us. I don't know. I don't know why. Um... I think everyone can can watch it and make their own minds up on, on if you know the game then you know if that's a penalty for them and if that's a penalty for us. It's, but we we just don't seem to be getting these decisions at the moment. I don't know why. Maybe maybe we'll have to start asking the question. Because at the moment it it's not even, you know. It, Listen to, but we didn't deserve anything from the game not with that defending so good luck to them Lee Bowyer there after Tuesday evening's defeat up at Glanford Park I mean clearly he, he felt that we should have had the penalty on uh, Anthony Dixdall 
and we shouldn't have conceded the penalty on on, on Jason Pierce. So he, he made his feelings pretty clear there. Yeah, I think he well, he didn't sound very happy, did he at all? But I think I I agree with him. I think if he gives if he gives the Pierce one, he's got to give the Dick still one. But it's it's sort of gone now, and I'm I don't even know why I'm surprised when decisions don't go our way. So <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Like we've said, we've we there's positives to take from it, despite the defeat, and we we move on to Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Seb Lewis says, 50 years ago next July, they were able to put humans on the moon. Nearly 50 years on, why can't they have a system where teams themselves can ask for a review of a ref's decision at third, fourth or fifth tier of English game? Not just an official in VAR calling for it, because those two penalty decisions were laughable. I mean, obviously, we still haven't got VAR properly in the Premier League yet. They trialled it at a couple of cup games, haven't they? So um, mm-hmm. we saw it at the World Cup. It's I was a bit dubious of it at the start especially when England kept getting screwed over against Tunisia but as the tournament grew and you saw how it could be used properly I actually thought it was quite good so I thought it was quite successful so I mean it'd be nice I mean obviously they'd have to bring it into the Premier League first but I mean do do you think if if we went to VAR do you think that handball would have been changed over because if they uh, if they look at it slowly Mm. they're going to say well his hand's slightly out yeah yeah they're gonna I think I think that his arm was out that so, although it was slight it was out enough to sort of mm. if it would have been reviewed by VAR it would have been because yeah, it was, it was worse in slow motion as well it does yeah it does look worse in slow motion so I think I don't think that would have made much of a difference but I think it's still very very harsh Mm. Uh, and obviously the Dick still won as well uh, right I asked for your three word uh, reviews of uh, the performance in the game uh, during the fire free defeat Dan Gray said it was gutting emotional and frustrating uh, Will Bolland says we move on uh, Mike Collier says that three points stolen uh, Cliff <laughs> says 35 more games and then he adds oh no Carlin uh, and uh, Paul says didn't uh, expect that and David says unique meaning weird it certainly was a unique <laughs> game I was trying to think back to the last time we were involved in a 5-3 I can only think of three 5-3 games off the top of my head so we had obviously Tuesday mm. we had a 5-3 defeat at Blackpool under probably Pardew I think mm. in the championship and we had a 5-3 defeat at Highbury against Arsenal they're the only three I could think of <laughs> so that's definitely the first 5-3 I've seen so there you go right obviously during the uh, the game on Tuesday Sadly, just after we fell to a, a third-minute opener, we also lost Lewis Page uh, to injury. We know he's been suffering with his groin over the last few weeks and playing on through injury. So we've got an update uh, from uh, Lee Bayer today during press day on the state of uh, Lewis Page's injury. Uh, I don't know. Just come in, obviously, everyone's coming a bit later today, so I'm going to speak to the physio properly. Um, but yeah, Lewis Page, we knew that we, we were just trying to hope and get to this international break and then he'd have had a couple of weeks rest and we'd have probably got him back to a much better condition. But that's the only one position that we, we don't have cover. And, and Naby was his cover, but obviously we, we've lost two centre-halves, so Naby couldn't even cover out there. He had to play centre-half and, and that's just the way it was. Um, but Pagey felt all right before the game. He said, like, it feels okay to go and play and... And unfortunately for us and, and for the for the lad that he he uh, picked up the injury. So there we go. Um, doesn't sound too promising. I mean, Bo said on on Tuesday evening that something had popped in there, which um, sounds painful. It does, yeah, yeah, <laughs> especially in the groinal area. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's obviously disappointing. Page has had his injury problems, but he's looked good so far this season. So he's going to be a big miss for us. He has. It's, it's really nice seeing him get a consistent run in the side. I mean. He's sort of he's 
something about him that I just prefer, even even to Jada Silva. I just I think he's a he is a Charlton player. If that you know if that makes sense, I just yeah. think that his he he's someone that all the fans can can really like and really adore. And I think he's he's been really good so far this season. He's had his injury doubts, and every time he's had them, he's come back. I mean. You got to look at last season when he'd been out for the, the amount of time he had. He got injured up at Blackpool on his comeback, and then comes back in the side on on the Saturday and pings an absolute worldie against Plymouth. And then this season he's had his opportunity to have a have a consistent run in the side, and I think he's been one of the outstanding performers so far this season. Mm-hmm. His his assists, what he brings into a game with his crossing and everything like that. I think he's he's been really good, and I really hope the injury isn't too serious because, mm-hmm. like like um, Bo has touched on, we have haven't got any cover there, and I think previous seasons we've had Jada Silva and Pagey sort of being the cover and even yeah. sort of going back to when we had Adam Chickson and Jada Silva the season before that I mean this we're really light on the ground there yeah I mean how do you see it going because obviously Naby would be the cover which mm. isn't less than ideal anyway because he's not a natural left back no. um, and I mean Solly went over there for the majority of the game on uh, on on uh, on Tuesday, and I mean, he, he he did that for a long spell in a, in a championship under under Pauli when we didn't have a, a spare left back at the time. He played a, a long time at left back, but it's you'd rather he was on his more comfortable side, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the the worrying thing is there is obviously we're sort of all sweating on whether Christian Billet's going to be on, available Saturday. Uh, fingers crossed, he is. I think something's come out today that he might be, which would be good. Um, but I think the only the only way around it, I was thinking about this earlier, and I know we were talking about it this morning, is. You'd have to you either play Soddy there and keep Jigstill there, or I was thinking you could have go back to five at the back, play Jigstill as right wing back, and then bring in maybe Marshall if, if you had to, because I know he played mm. there pre-season, but he wasn't convincing. But then you, but you know, it's clutch, it's clutching at straws. I mean, ideally, Billick will come back and, and Navi can go out on the left, but um, we'll have to see. I don't, you don't want to rush Billick back either because he's he was impressive straight mm. away. And if we if he gets injured again, then we're in more trouble yeah exactly yeah so we'll uh we'll find out i guess on uh on saturday how we're going to line up with uh with pagey now out for a few weeks by the looks of it. Right, let's have a quick break here on charlton live we'll be back in 30 seconds jewelry isn't a gift you give just once it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it blue nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Inside it comes to Reeves. Instant ball into the box. Taylor's there. So is Mitch Kelly. It drops to ground. Yes! Come on! Has buried the goal that could give Charlton the three points. Charlton Live. Welcome back to Charlton Live. The big match preview here on Maritime Radio. Louis Mendez and Lewis Page in the studio here at the Valley. Um, 
Lee Bowyer's actually been shortlisted for the Manager of the Month. Mm-hmm. Uh, took 13 out of 15 points during September, so he's on there, uh, joining um, uh, Doncaster Rovers' Grant McCann, who also got 13 out of 15, Kenny Jackett from Pompey, and John Coleman from Accrington Stanley have both had good starts to the season as well. I mean, it's not, I think that's Bowyer's first, uh, first nomination for it, since he obviously hasn't even been a manager that long. Uh, first time we've had a Charlton manager nominated for it for a while, I imagine. I can't remember if Carl ever got one. Uh, not sure. He's yeah, certainly not, not getting any at the moment. <laughs> but, um, no, definitely not. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, uh, people joke about the curse of it and stuff, but it's nice to see Bo's recognised for the good job that he's doing. Yeah, it is, especially when he's only really, well, recently been made uh, a permanent appointment. It's nice to see that he's, you know, that he's been recognised for, for the effort he's doing and he's, the job he's doing is absolutely sensational for... You know everything that's going on around around the club. I mean, there's so much negativity with everything else. The actual football and everything is is going all right, and it's nice because these away games and everything. I, I know at home it's a little bit different because people want to stay away and 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 stuff. But at the away games, the, the, I feel like the support this year has really ramped up. I feel like the numbers on the away games have been incredible. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm not sure about Scunny on Tuesday. But that's a long way to go on a Tuesday yeah. night. But Luton and Southend and all that, they've all, all been really well vocally backed. And I think that people are really buying into what Bowyer is doing and uh, they're, they're really backing him. Um, so, yeah, it's nice to see it recognised. He yeah. deserves it. And obviously, when, how you react to defeat as a manager as well is something quite important. So now we, it didn't have to do that too often last season, only a couple of times towards the end of the campaign where we, we lost games. So now how you react to that, it's, it's, another, it's another new experience and a new test for him. Exactly, yeah. It'll be, it'll be really interesting to see how they, um, how they come off the back of Tuesday. I think home as well, he'll, wanna, he'll really want to go for it. Uh, against Coventry, um, so we'll see. You know, it's something to, like you say, it's gonna it's gonna test him. It's something he's not had to do too regularly. Um, and the last time he's really had to look at that is when we when we lost to Peterborough, mm. and off the back of that defeat, we didn't do too badly. So hopefully, the guys have got the character to um, to get back to winning ways on Saturday. Yeah, and obviously being backed up by by Johnny Jackson as well is nice. You know, two Charlton legends working together, both cutting their teeth as well. Exactly, and it's just what people will buy into like Johnny Jackson is a is a club legend and as is Lee Bowyer so it's, when you've got those guys down there they're going to be well backed by everybody and I think it's just it's nice to see it's a it's something you really don't see that often nowadays because you you, you know in, young English coaches aren't really getting the chances they deserve and it, it takes coming down to this level to get that and when you when you put in people like Lee Bowyer and Johnny Jackson in charge of a club where they're adored by the fan base I just think that everything will click into place and it just seems like it is at the moment and it's it's great to see. Do you believe in the manager of the month curse because I mean there's a band <laughs> if, if, I mean it's already it's already taken hold we've already lost and we haven't even won it yet. Yeah, I know. Well, maybe uh, maybe it's maybe <laughs> that was it. Maybe the nomination thing yeah. was the curse and I mean there's a bit of stiff competition in there isn't there? I mean Donny have had a sensational month as well. So I don't know. I'd, I'd I'd like to see Lee Bowyer win it because I think he deserves it, but I'm not I'm not sure if I believe in the curse or not. I mean I'm thinking back it is it is the un- unknown thing, isn't it? It always mm. seems to happen. Whenever we win it, which is rare, we do seem to go on a bit of a barren run. Yeah. Uh, so I assume that'll be announced tomorrow, Friday uh, morning, because I think that's when it normally is. So we're, hopefully we'll find out if Lee Bayer has been uh, successful in that. Now, also during the week, of course, there was the Fans Forum at the Valley on Wednesday evening. Uh, takeover update, something we always look forward to. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Levin de Turk, uh, the representative... 
uh, of Roland at the club at the moment represents the club in the takeover talks. Uh, his latest update is the Australians still have to lodge a few documents with the EFL, which has been the update for the last six months. Aye, been um, that a long time. Yeah. Uh, now uh, he's, he said he, he said it's worth noting that the group is now is not now just the Australians, but is the Australians and groups linked to the Australians. He goes on to mention. Uh, there's a second party that apparently have been around for a while that apparently now more active hadn't seemed to have gone a bit dormant after a while. Uh, he, he mentioned there's up to three other parties as well. One that's already uh, uh, visited the club, but uh, f- not from the UK, but a European, apparently. Uh, there's a fourth, doc- uh, fourth one that uh, we're waiting for documents on, apparently. He said needs proof of funds and no NDA has been signed. Uh, and there's a fifth party. Apparently, there's also have a meeting, uh, but they've asked for time to make up their mind. He also mentioned about another party uh, that was involved, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but he said uh, they blew their trust by tweeting a photo, and we all know that was for Azel Hazawi <laughs> a couple of weeks ago when uh, we managed to get hold of the tweet from Hassim Safe, uh, and he said that ruined the trust, and therefore they they won't be involved. So up to five parties now. It's like a know, it's crazy. It's like a party that everyone's invited to. It is, yeah. I just, <laughs> just need to hurry up, don't they? It's crazy. I mean, I'm quite relieved actually. They they sort of stuck to their gun on this on the NDA agreement, especially with um, with Fawaz, because that would have just been well. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, glad, right I'm glad it's not him. That is, yeah, yeah exactly. the whole frying pan fire situation. Now, of course, the, the 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 bit about the fact that the EFL is still waiting for documents. I mean, if the Australians just needed to submit some documents, there's absolutely no reason why they wouldn't have done that now. So obviously. No. The reason is either they're having some sort of wobble on the price, although, I mean, we were told a while ago that supposedly a price was agreed, but sources yeah. have said since then that that doesn't sound quite right. Um, or So either they're waiting on the price or they're waiting on investments to come in and make up their sort of money. And now LDT is there and implying that there's now new people involved in that consortium. So maybe they do have to... I mean, if that was the case, you'd expect... If they're all ready to go, then they would submit the paperwork by now. So something's not quite right. It's not just the paperwork. I mean, the EFL have stated that they're not... They haven't. They ain't sitting on any paperwork. We know they're not waiting for any... They're not... They don't have anything in hand that they need to deal with. They're waiting also for this paperwork. But obviously, it's not forthcoming because clearly the Australians can't or won't do that at the moment for a couple of possible reasons yeah it's just it's just an absolute mess and I think like you say I think if, if the Australians were in the driving seat for so long I mean you know, we've seen them at the valley parading scarves and stuff in the in the <laughs> director's box and everything if they were that much in the driving seat and that's like this that close and they really wanted the club and there's these other parties involved you think they would want to get a wriggle on and get these documents in so I don't I I think there I don't think there's a huge amount of truth behind the documents I think it's more that they're maybe waiting a bit more investment I mean, we all know the asking price Roland's put on the club is steep for, for what it is but that that's my thinking I think that they may be just a little bit stumped on the investment side of it and they they're trying to get something else in and then they need to lodge those some papers over to the EFL so technically the EFL aren't really waiting for anything because they haven't got anything to give them yet I think I think it's more at that stage but I'd like to think that these other parties sort of knocking on the door would put a bit of pressure on them to do that but who knows? I mean, it's a, it's going into the unknown, isn't it? I think is the EFL. When's the meeting between Roland and the EFL? That's, they said early October, didn't they? So yeah, you're so assuming probably next week. So you'd, like, you'd like to think that something else may come out of that, but oh, Roland's not entitled to say anything to the EFL, is he? And I don't think he will. So um, we just got to see what happens. I suppose. I mean, we all thought it'd be it'd be done in May, and it's not done yet. Yeah. So we all thought it'd be done in February at one we point. Did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in in the uh, in the update from the club, it said on price he doesn't uh, exclude any party from initial conversations. He said he's open to listen to every proposal within uh, the room that is set. So I mean, I mean, 
people will know what the price is or what Roland's asking price is. Obviously, that's up to them to negotiate. But that a lot of people do think that that may well be the the thing that's stalling. And as you just mentioned there, I mean, he said uh, with regards to the Fawaz El Hassal. Well, obviously, it doesn't mention him by name. He's talking about mm. the thing that went on Twitter. Um, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. It, it doesn't look good for for his team. No. they've got this reputation as a bit of a haphazard outfit. Well, it just it just bows the immaturity of, <laughs> yeah. of um, was it Hassan yeah. Saif? Yeah, I know he's he had a very sort of similar reputation at Forest because he. You know, it's just that classic thing, isn't it? The owners, the owners, your mate, and you get chucked in at a in a job because he's your mate. It's, mm. I know we we know that all too well down here. <laughs> Um, it's another one of those where immature guy puts that up and it kills the agreement. But it's nice, I suppose. It's kind of reassuring. At least they were they were harsh on that and they stuck to their word with the NDA because mm. they could have, if they were desperate to sell the club, they could have just let that slide and we'd have been stuck with him. Because mm. I, I have no doubt that would have gone through a lot quicker than anything else. <laughs> yeah, right. Richard Ju- uh, Justin says that Ben Reeves started his career as a left back, so maybe he could fill in if we're <laughs> desperate times <laughs> and desperate measures. And uh, Roger Trask. Uh, his free word review was uh, bonkers, bonkers, bonkers. Uh, <laughs> talking about uh, Tuesday's defeat up at Scunthorpe United. Let's have a quick break again. Uh, when we come back, we'll start to look ahead to Saturday's home game with Coventry City. Oh, it's good header and it's Bellick with the header. Thought it was going towards Pierce. Went instead to the Arsenal Loney, who's buried his first goal in a Charlton shirt, and Charlton now have a 2 1 lead with only three minutes left of normal time. And they've been putting Southend under pressure for the last two or three minutes. And Cullen's corners all game have been excellent, but a lot of them have been deep towards the back post. Not that time, it was swung in hard and low towards the near post. Billick made a brilliant run got away from his man and thundered a header into the near post. Oxley had no chance in the South End goal and with what, two and a half minutes left, Charlton have regained the lead and lead here 2-1. Charlton Live. So welcome back, this is Charlton Live, the big match preview. Let's start to gear up for Saturday's home game. With Coventry City, obviously the Sky Blues promoted uh, from League Two last season. So I got on to Sideways Sammy. Uh, he's a podcaster uh, for the Sky Blues. Real name Dominic Durams. Durams, who knows? Um, uh, so I spoke <laughs> to him. So I spoke to Dominic uh, to ask him how the Sky Blues have uh, have taken to life back in League One. It's been sort of a mixed start. There's been a couple of really uh, underwhelming performances. I think Blackpool a few weeks ago was sort of the uh, was the Nadir really sort of they didn't really look to be much going on but um, we've had a few really encouraging performances as well so uh, we beat Barnsley a couple of weeks ago uh, we took a really credible point against Sunderland last week so I think we're still sort of feeling our way into the season uh, at the start of the season off the back of promotion I think expectations were that we might possibly go on to do something but um, as the season unfolded especially after losing Mark McNulty, who was our top scorer last season over the summer, that um, we're just not quite at that level to be sort of around the playoffs. And we're probably going to be a mid-table side, it looks like. Yeah, I guess there's always a case after promotion that you're never really sure until you're probably 10 games in exactly how you're going to fare in the new division. Yeah, and I mean, for... Um, most Coventry City fans, this is quite a weird feeling coming into a season after promotion. It's been uh, 51 years since we last did it, so <laughs> it's sort of alien territory. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, so how do you sort of 
get your expectations in line. What what were people talking about at the start of the season? Well, just after we won the uh, playoff final against Exeter right at the end of May, Mark Robbins um, was very um, clear that he expected the team to go out and win promotion. So that kind of set the stall out. Uh, we spent a fair bit of money over the summer. Most of it was reinvesting the uh, money we got in for Mark McNulty. But we managed to hold on to Tom Bayliss, who is our top youth prospect. And already at League One level, looks like someone who's going gonna to be set for a big career. But I think actually, once we started seeing the performance of this team, it does look like a side still trying to get to grips with this level of football. So that has sort of um, tempered the expectations mm-hmm. from earlier on when we were kind of expecting that maybe having one promotion after so long that anything was possible. Obviously, you got beat 1-0 at home to, to Portsmouth on Tuesday. I mean, what what sort of performance was that? Because obviously Pompey are one of the teams that started the season really well. Yes, it's kind of been a bit of a difficult performance from us, especially at home this far this season, where we've played some decent stuff, but haven't managed to end up testing the opposition goalkeeper. Uh, we had one really big chance when the game was 0-0, when our striker, Johnson Clark Harris, clean through on goal and he just kind of snatched at the finish and um, it made it quite an easy save for, for the goalkeeper and then just for half time we can see what was admittedly a really good goal from uh, Ronan Curtis with Portsmouth and we just couldn't get back into the game we really struggled to score goals really struggled to create chances so um, we're kind of reliant on being solid defensively mm. And what about Mark Robbins and the manager? Um, obviously, with, with the club having been on this downward spiral over the last few years in, uh, to, to, to turn it around and to get a promotion last year, I imagine he must be pretty well thought of up at, up at the Rico Arena. Yeah, I mean, he's someone who just seems to make sensible decisions, just mainly just focusing on sort of the basic shape of the team and um, seems to be able to recruit uh, pretty well in the, in the transfer market and just bring in a bit of extra quality. I think sometimes he can be a little frustrating. He can um, wait too long to make substitutions and um, sort of it doesn't seem like the team has a big like attacking plan. It, we don't really set out to go and sort of press teams and entertain. We're very much sort of about been solid so it's relatively mixed how, he, how he's viewed despite um, winning promotion recently he does have credit in the bank but you still get um, people calling for his head if we um, haven't won a few games and obviously all this is going on still with the the difficulties with Sisu hanging over the club. Remember the the last couple of times that Charlton faced each other in League One, the, the the two sets of fans got together to protest against their respective owners. I mean, that that doesn't seem to have got any better. I was reading earlier today that the 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 lease at the Rico or the playing at the Rico could be in danger again at the end of the season. So that that's still going to sort of hold the club back. It seems. Yeah, it's sort of because it's been going on so long that. Um... I think any hopes of sort of achieving something via protest has sort of dampened down. It looks like whatever CC want um, 
sell the club for is just not going to be met by the market. They're holding on to the club for reasons unbeknownst to anyone who can reasonably make a guess of it. So, I mean, even with this lease thing, it's either it's either you get really angry about it and nothing changes, or just kind of shrug your shoulders and keep on going. And yeah, and I think sort of winning promotion last year has shown that it's not been they're not completely destructive i think they just want to be very hands-off and leave the club to the football manager and not have to put too much money into it so it's sort of we're just sort of treading water really does it seem like there's still no way out at the moment then no uh, it's utterly mystifying to anyone what they're um, continuing to hold on to the club for I i think one of the most mystifying things was um about five years ago, when a club went into administration and they brought it back, it seemed like quite a good moment for them to wipe their hands of it and walk away, but they wanted to keep it going for some reason. Mm, very strange. Now, uh, getting back to the football, obviously, coming to the Valley on Saturday, I mean, who, who are the danger men? Who are the best players that, that Coventry have that the Charlton fans should be looking out for? So, I mentioned Tom Bayliss earlier, who is just a, a very gifted footballer, uh, sort of came through out of nowhere last season and scored on his debut and hasn't really looked back from there. He's a tall central midfielder, can play box to box, very good uh, technically, but can also get stuck into the challenge. Uh, at the moment, probably our biggest hope as well is Connor Chaplin, who we signed from Portsmouth. And even though he hasn't scored from open play yet, his sort of presence in the attack, he's quite a nifty striker. And he's very good at sort of just playing quick one-twos with his teammates, just increasing the urgency. He's got very good movement. Uh, so I think those two are being the main threats. We've got also got Jody Jones coming back from injury, who was by far and away our star player and possibly the best player in League Two last year before he got injured in November. Who's a who was he's a quick and skillful winger, and when he's come back the past two games. He actually looks like um, he's got a football brain as well to go with it. Mm. He's sort of more deliberate than some of our other attacking players with how he chooses a pass, shot or a cross. So if he's available, he'll probably, he'll probably come off the bench, but he's someone who can make an impact on the game. Very, uh, thanks very much to Sideways Sammy there, uh, Dominic, who, who spoke to me on the phone yesterday. Uh, talking about Jody Jones there, actually, I remember seeing him playing uh, for Dagenham against Bromley in a, in a pre-season friendly, and he looked very impressive. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he certainly, he certainly was one of the better players in League 2 last season. Uh, I think he played for the 23s today for Coventry on Thursday, so whether mm. he will be on the bench, I imagine, uh, as Dominic said there, uh, he'll be a player to look out for. Interesting season for Coventry, obviously they've come back up from League 2 you never really know what, what to expect but they're, they're still playing with this Sisu situation hanging mm. over them the same way that Charlton are playing with this Roland Duchatelet situation hanging over them exactly um, I mean they obviously had a very a fairly decent season last year getting the, getting the promotion straight back up I thought I thought they'd struggle with that if I'm honest with you with the whole ownership thing hanging over them and, and the drop to League 2 and, and what that entails so um, fair play to them in getting back up mm. Um yeah, it's it's tough with them. Obviously, the the Sisu situation is is tough, and it's not nice to see that they're going to be under threat again uh, with playing at the Rico at the end of the season. That's there's nothing. No one wants to see that for any football club. Uh, but you know, the foundations of the club are there. They've got a, they've got an experienced manager in Mark Robbins, and 
Um, he's he's been there for a little while now, so there's a bit of stability there, and they've they've got good players for the level. And you know they've got the Tom they've got Tom Bayless as he as he mentioned there, who's been getting critics um, sort of all week, sort of applauding how good he is and everything. So you have got to hope that CC doesn't do a Roland and cash in on him yeah. <laughs> as he as he probably will. Yeah, uh, yeah we've mentioned Jody Jones, um, a tricky player sort of handy that he's probably not fit enough to start especially if we're lacking on the on the uh, wing yeah. if he ends up playing right mid and you've got Naby Sarr trying to tackle him <laughs> um, and yeah they've not got a bad side the Clark Harris I remember seeing him play for Rotherham and he was he was quite a good player mm. at the time I think we were linked with him at one point yeah we were actually yeah. um, so yeah, that's against us once yeah maybe and then yeah. we were linked with him about two days later yeah, <laughs> like, yeah sounds like that's that. that. <laughs> our sort of scouting doesn't it that? Yeah. Um, but yeah yeah good players they've signed uh, a go-go I don't think he's managed to sort of break into the squad yet he was someone we were linked with in the summer yeah. and we know was impressive with Shrewsbury last year so the foundations of the club are there um, and there'll be you know there'll, there'll be no easy easy opponent on Saturday but yeah, like like you say, the the CC situation is sad, but it's we're in the same boat ourselves. So it's the same as us. They they've got massive potential that club because they've got a massive fan base, probably arguably bigger than ours, Coventry, and a, and a big stadium. But unfortunately, mm. it's not theirs. Unfortunately, so uh, yeah, difficult situation. Right, let's have a look ahead uh, from a Charlton. Uh, point of view. Obviously, Lee Boyer had his press day today. The Alex Boss uh, provides us with an update on the injuries uh, in a minute. But first of all, he insists that we will see a reaction from his side to the defeat up at Scunny. It's massive. No team wants to go uh, and not win the game after you've just lost. But I know I'm going to get the reaction that I won on Saturday. I know that. I have winners in there and it, and it hurt them as much as it hurt me and, it, and it's hurt everybody to do with the football club. And... Um, I've no doubt that come Saturday that everyone that, that comes to the game will see the reaction that, that we want. On the subject of centre-halves, is Christian Bielik close to a return? Yep, so Christian's training today, um, so is Ward. So then both back in training today. So uh, Billy Clark's training full contact now. So he trained last week non-contact, but now he's, full, he's back full contact today. So... Um, yeah, we've got Billy back and we've got uh, Ward. Has Christian got a chance for Saturday? He'd be involved. He'd be in the squad. I, I don't think he'll start. Um, I think the physio will go mad if I try and start him <laughs> because at the end of the day, we have to try and look at the bigger picture and um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be silly of me to start him. Good news on Billy Clark. How close is he to joining the squad? No, Billy's a way away yet. He's um, he's been out for a long time, and uh, he needs to get some twenty-three games under his belt. It's going to take him a while to get back to the Billy before the injury. Um, he knows that. We know that. But to, to have him back in amongst us is is a great thing uh, for us and for him. So um, in training the other day, he obviously joined in, but non-contact. He's like a floater and. He's trying and trying, and but he, giving it away, which he never does. It just takes time, you know. Like he, he, he wants to be the person he was, but it's, it's just going to take time. Training and, and games, he, he, he'll catch up quickly. You touched just now on the international break. Is that a good thing for you? Yeah, for sure. Um, that'll give two weeks of bald Christian to get training under their belts and, and obviously they'll be going away in national duty so they'll um, might play a couple of 60 minutes or something hopefully they get some minutes under their belt and um, so yeah obviously gives two weeks for Paige to 
get further down the line so there's less games that he's going to miss so yeah the, the international break is a, is a good thing for us Was Lee Bowyer determined to make sure that uh, his side uh, bounced back from the defeat up at Scunthorpe uh, on, on Tuesday and then giving us the, the injury updates I mean first things first I mean we, we have sort of touched upon it but it is you know don't want to get into a run just before the international break where you haven't won in three and, and you've lost a couple in a row. So it is, it is a big game for us, really, on Saturday. It is, yeah, and especially at home. I think I think he'll want to be going into that international break um, on the back of a win. Um, so that's in the and that's in the players' heads when they've got next week um, off. Obviously, we've got the game on Tuesday night in the checker trade, but I imagine there'll be a lot of players rested for that. We'll probably see a bit more of a 23 side probably for that game. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, and then obviously, like you say, we want to, we want to get that winning mentality back and take that into the international break, and then and then crack on again, um, back at home on the twentieth. Mm, so um, looking ahead, Christian Billick is going to be back in the squad. Doesn't sound like he'll start to me, but it, I mean, Boya said that the physio would would be very unhappy uh, if he if he did. So, but good to have him back and an option from the bench at least. It is, yeah, and I, I was really impressed with him uh, in the games that I did see him. I thought he was I thought he was really really good up at Southend, um, and it'd be nice to have him back, like you say, as an option. Um, oh, probably annoying that we can't start him because I'm not too sure what we'd do about the defensive uh, situation mm. I mean we've, um, we've discussed a few options now I, I've, mm. I'm guessing it is going to have to be Solly at left back which, which is yeah. less than ideal and then Dick still at right back I mean Anthony Dick still young still I think he'd prefer to play in defensive midfield but he's played a lot of right back I mean did you rate him there? Um, I think I prefer him in defensive midfield but I think he can do the job at right back when called upon um, it'd be interesting to see if he can if he can get a, a decent amount of game time under his belt because obviously he had a, a really um, he didn't have a pre-season did he because he was he was off ill pneumonia in yeah. the summer with pneumonia so um, he obviously lost a lot of weight and stuff like that and Bowie said he wasn't the same player at all over pre-season so I think he's probably still playing catch up a little bit um, so it'd be nice for him to get some minutes and mm. uh, hopefully kick on his season yeah, um, I mean the I mean, we now know that Darren Prattley, of course, is suspended as well. So he got a yellow card. Uh, he got five yellow cards in five games, which is an <laughs> impressive record. Predictable, to yeah, be fair. yeah. From his uh, from his own uh, in his own run of games, he got all five. So he's out now for for Saturday. So do you, I mean Reeves came on. I suspect. I mean because I'm thinking because it was an away game that Prattley came in to try and just add a bit of the bite to the midfield. So because mm. it's a home game, we're going to be the one to try and open up. I imagine Reeves will just come straight back in. Yeah, I, I imagine Ben Reeves will come uh, will come back in and Callan will probably sort of sit mm. a bit further back but it depends how we, how we play it I suppose if we if we're going to go with the if we're going to play a, a diamond or if we maybe going to go sort of a flat 4-4-2 maybe provide a little bit of help on the especially on that left hand side mm. I mean not best defensively so yeah Fossil on the left he's not at least just another body isn't it basically if Solly gets caught You've got someone else there to sort of track back. Yeah, because I guess there there is some score. The fault in diamond, of course, you don't really have wingers at all. Exactly, uh, yeah. and therefore your fullbacks are a little bit exposed at times. Yeah, so I think we probably would benefit on playing some some wider men, but mm. we'll see how we go. Obviously, when we play the diamond, it's really effective. But in the position we are at the moment with injuries at the back, I think Solly may need a little bit of cover on the left hand side. But you don't know. It might we might sort of get through a half, and then he might bring Bellic on at half time or something. Take mm. Dick still off if he doesn't sort of last the ninety. Yeah, and obviously you're going to look at. 
trying to take confidence in terms of the the amount of goals we've scored over the last couple of games. We scored five uh, two away games, and we're not struggling to score goals at the moment. We're playing some really nice, intricate stuff in and around the area. We look like a real decent force going forward. So if Coventry are going to come and sit back and make it difficult for us, you do think that we're probably going to be able to break them down if we can keep the ball moving nice and quick. Yeah, definitely. I th- I, we're more than capable, more than capable of uh, of playing as as well as we did, you know, going forward on on Tuesday night. I mean, Coventry. They've not had the the best season so far. Very mixed start. So I think that um, you know Carden, Lyle, Tariq will want to sort of take advantage of that and try and get themselves on the score sheet. And we, you know we're going to want to be sort of doing teams over at home. So mm. fingers crossed. That's exactly what we do. Only one win on the road so far for the, this for Coventry this season. That was away at Oxford. Who I know it's a tough place to go these days. It um, is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but uh, yeah, they got a win there. They've, they've lost a couple on the road. Um, scored in their last few away from home so it'd just be interesting to see how we, we take it on now uh, Nathan and Tom aren't here so Lewis I'm going to let you have have a think about the uh, Jacko's jackpot Ooh. bet so if Pressure. you've got anything on the top of your head or do you want to have a think um, about it you know I was thinking about this in the car actually I I think based on what happened the other night I'm going to I'm going to repeat it and say we're going to we're going to win from behind yeah. I'm going to say Coventry will go ahead early and then uh, we'll come back and, yeah. and win it from behind. That's what I think. Yeah, it'll be that, or we'll, we'll have a you know a whitewash. Like, like you said, we're due <laughs> yeah. we're due to yeah. thrash somebody. So you know, right, if we go as long as we go one 0 down and win five one, I'll be I'll be happy. And we have done done that, not exactly that, but we've gone behind and won on our last couple of home games as well. So hopefully that'll be the case, and we can win some money for the Charlton Upbeats. Right, we've pretty much run out of time here on Charlton Live, the big match preview. Don't forget, uh, we'll be back on Sunday evening to look back at whatever happens uh, against Coventry here at the Valley on Saturday uh, and then uh, well we'll have a week off next week because it's the uh, the, the international break for, for Charlton we're going to have a no big match preview next week uh, so make sure you join us at least on Sunday so you can get your final Charlton live fix for, uh, for a couple of weeks um, Lewis thanks for coming in this no evening. worries uh, you've enjoyed it uh, I've been Louis Mendes thank you for, for listening to tonight's show thanks for, for joining in with your tweets and stuff hope you've enjoyed the show and we shall see you back here on Sunday evening Big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money.